right, gentlemen, welcome to the Pork Chop Express. <laughs> We're here to talk about Big Trouble in Little China, directed by John Carpenter. I have with me my endeared host, Jesse Fresco. I'm here. And Vic Grubbs is here as well. What's up, what's up? Guys, uh, this has been a, an episode a long time coming. We, we mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I... I want to start off with a little game because this game is a perfect example of uh, of what my experience was like watching this movie for the first time. Mm, you had okay. never seen this. I had never ever oh, seen Seth. it. Oh, Seth! Uh, so le- here's the name of the game. What can you tell me about this movie that you can't tell me from the poster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's quite a few things. <laughs> Oh, um, like, Kurt Russell is not the main character. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first. One. Well, he's the main character, but he is sure as hell not the hero. Yeah, he's not the hero of the movie of this story. No. So, I'm 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 ready to jump into to you guys like first watches, but this is how this movie was pitched to me initially. Mm. It was pitched to me as basically racist diehard, <laughs> and I was like. Okay. I, okay, I'll pass, and that's yeah. why I passed for so long. And then when it came up again, uh, time to to talk about it on the show. You know, Kurt Russell's doing a lot of stuff now, and it's time to go back through some of his old stuff. Big Trouble's just always been this big black mark for me, and now mm-hmm. to watch it and to find out it's mm-hmm. kind of more like what if Flash Gordon happened inside of a of a gang movie? Yes, um, <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a really good uh, comparison for that. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a lot of people that have people that are very easily triggered. Look at this, or they just look at you know clips of it, and they're like, "Oh, this is incredibly racist." And then they no, don't watch not. it with they don't watch it with context, and they don't realize mm. that it's intended as a joke. Exactly. Like, yeah, uh, he does not. Kurt yeah. Russell does not belong there. That's why he doesn't do anything. He's that's not the, the point. Because that's not his his story. It's just, honestly a celebration of the culture, which I appreciate. Yeah. Like, imagine if this was directed by any other director from Hong Kong, you'd have literally the same stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, exactly. Like, the wire work, the angles, the, yeah. uh, the style. Like, honestly, the style was very reminiscent of um, Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. It, it, Kurt Russell is there because they couldn't sell the film with an Asian lead, so he's there simply for marketing purposes to get the film made. Yes, but he did it and, perfectly. And his character really functions well in that role, too. I was really delighted by, like, his kind of, like, Han Solo POV audience character. Like, oh, what the heck is happening yes, now? Yes, he's the person yeah. that we explain it to. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> ironic because Kurt Russell did screen test to play Han Solo back when the original Star Wars was being made. <laughs> which That's he would have crushed, by the way. Yeah, that like, would have been I'm I'm not mad that that we have Harrison Ford, by the way. Like, I love him, Indiana Jones, but, like, Kurt Russell would have been a great Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. he could have nailed it. Sure. He would have been great, honestly. I, I think it was probably perfect for um for um Harrison, but, like, that's Kurt, right, Kurt, Kurt Russell's wheelhouse. Imagine yeah. Harrison Ford in this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I can almost, I I can almost see it. So I really like, can. I, so, 
but again, present like day kind of side eye, but I yeah yeah I can see it. Yeah. Well, okay, so Jesse, what was your first time watching Big Trouble in Little China? Oh, I was back in college, and I was uh, we were going through some of Carpenter's filmography. I think mm. I think I watched the thing, and I was like, eh, I want to watch the rest of his stuff because I'd always loved Escape from New York, but I always just kind of like stuck to a handful of his movies. And I was like, yeah. I always kept hearing about Big Trouble, and I was like, uh, probably I should watch this. And I just immediately loved it. It's, it, This is probably one of the funniest movies that mm-hmm. Carpenter has ever made. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is a comedy. If yes. you really break it down. It's oh, 100%. Comedy, yeah. I, I'm going to say, though, Assault on Precinct 13, that little girl getting shot is the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, they just oh, man. It. We're horrible people. We're no. horrible people. We're laughing no, at child murder. <laughs> Listen, he made me. He did it on purpose, he right? <laughs> Blame John Carpenter. That was supposed to be funny, and it was. <laughs> I want a vanilla twist. <laughs> there's and there's there's a lot of that in here too. Like even Kurt Russell, it shoots at the one guy and feels real bad about it. You can tell he's like, <laughs> like it, it, oh shit! I. <laughs> uh, this your first time plugging anybody? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, <laughs> right. Jesus. I love this movie. <laughs> what? Yeah. What a what a great time. I was not expecting to walk into um, so much movie either. I think I, I I imagined it being smaller just from the clips that I'd seen because I, I you know you see the clips of like <clears throat> the sewer monster and and things like that and you get an idea in your head of what it is and that's in there for like a little chunk mm-hmm. but then there's also an entire like street gang war yes. that they get stuck in the middle of like like 15 minutes in <laughs> like, the, this starts. movie's really it's dishing out movie per movie you know there's mm-hmm. there's so much happening and so much to do um uh, what what was your first time like watching it vic when do you remember how old you were uh it actually wasn't that long ago it was After it was like right after college, maybe like four years ago, three, four years ago. And I remember because I was um, I was trying to research more uh, movies, more uh, old movies and um, classics and all that. And so I'd I'd seen um, I'd seen Escape from New York. And I remember because my expectations were a bit off. I thought it was going to be a bit more of an action movie. And it it wasn't. I mean, it (laughs) it is. But like, you know, Escape from New York. So um, without the context, I was a little I was a little let down. I was kind of bored. I was like, huh. Uh, that, that's more time. of a that, that's more of a mood piece. The action yeah. is the, probably the lamest part of that film. Exactly, and that's <laughs> what I had to realize that it's not about the action. <laughs> that's not. I have to yeah, be in the mood it's, for that. It's it's about the mood and the atmosphere. Yeah, I came yeah. in later and realized it, but when I first watched it, I was it, it took me a minute, <laughs> and I was like, I still got some time. There's a, the other one, and I think they were both on Prime at the time, and so I was like, let me just check out um uh, uh Big Drop on Little China, and I was already sleepy from um Escape from New York, so. <laughs> <laughs> little china came on I, I was like oh my god what is this and that was probably my second favorite of his movies like i really thoroughly enjoyed it i was laughing my ass off the entire time mm-hmm. i love the fact that that jack burton is such a complete fucking moron the entire time like mm-hmm. this guy not only does he not belong there but anything he does is done with absolute ineptitude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like the way in which they tell this, the guards that they are telephone repairmen is Kurt Russell walks into the building just carrying a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a fucking idiot. He's like, <laughs> really, really dumb. Like, honestly, yeah, the, if you. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> the, the ending battle, he spends 
half of it knocked out because he shoots at the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> and then the other half of it, he's incapacitated underneath a really big guy. He doesn't <laughs> do anything in the ending of this movie. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. This is not his yeah. story. And the only thing he does, he does kill Lopan at the end of the movie, but he does that because it's set up that it's all in the wrist. <laughs> exactly. It's, so, a, it's a joke. So, yeah. it's, a, it's a punchline, and it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, honestly, I think it really works because he is, well, he's not like a nice guy, but like he's a well-meaning guy. Like We still like Jack Burton, even though he's inept, and he's very loud and boisterous <laughs> with for no oh, reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has no reason to be boisterous, but he sees ultimately his heart's in the right place. And I, th- I think that's why we empathize with him because he just wants to help his boy out, you know? Yeah. Like their friendship is really cemented. Uh, the, specifically his character kind of being dumb and goofy. I love that he represents the group mentality of the the entire group in the theater watching the movie. This movie is meant to be watched with people. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it, it's supposed to sum up to like all of our dumbest mistakes that can happen <laughs> in these situations. <laughs> You yeah, know, everybody's been Jack Burton for a second. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like if everybody who gets who drinks a beer and says, "I could do that shit," or I, "I'd be just fine in here," like that's them. <laughs> Jack is them <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Runs around with an empty submachine gun just just <laughs> yeah. to have it. And the thing, the funny like, thing is, he was like, "I don't." He was like, "Um, the only person with the gun," because everybody said it's not going to help you, but sure, if it makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> And it didn't help him. Like, literally, got was his undoing. <laughs> yeah, and then True. he literally just gets smashed into glass at the end of the movie. It's like, it meant nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what What's that term when you, you adhere to the rules, but you do it maliciously? Um, hmm. There's a term for that? Right. Yeah, the, 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 it's like malicious uh, adherence or something like that. Basically, where you follow the rules to the letter so that it gums up the system instead of moving the system forward right and so i'm wondering if john if john carpenter was doing that with jack burton if it's this like uh studio mandate like you have to have a hollywood lead in your movie okay but it's actually about these this like group of uh asian investigative reporters yeah but you need an action guy in your movie so he's (laughs) like you know what i'll do it and i'm gonna get my buddy kurt russell who you all love right (laughs) right yeah we love him and guess what he's gonna play a fucking luddite (laughs) right (laughs) i think i i think i know the term you're meaning i think i I just can't think it's it's all except for my tongue i just can't remember what you're talking about i'll find it and anything but yeah it's I know what you're talking about, and yeah, casting Kurt Russell was simply there as the studio didn't want an Asian lead because this yeah. is Wang's movie. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Literally. Yeah. That this was is his whole adventure. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that this is inspired. This is like a benchmark of pop culture. There has been so much inspired by this one movie. Like wow, the, literally like. Everything from Mortal Kombat to the mm-hmm. TV show Legion with this with the uh, the telekinetic fight in the desert, uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim the ending battle. There's a giant pyramid that they fight on top of. It's literally the same thing. That's this hilarious. is inspired so goddamn much. Yes, for like something that did not make much money. Yeah, it's just like a lot of Carpenter stuff back in the '80s. It was they were very well received critically, but just just people just weren't showing up. And I think it's because 
you had Spielberg coming out with E.T. and all of his stuff, and then you had Star Wars happening at the same time, and mm. people just didn't want dark stuff. The 80s was a yeah. grim time, so you have this movie come out, and people just kind of reject it. If this came out today, they would. This, this, if this came out today in theaters, oh, it, it would crush. It would yeah. crush mm. in a theater. Yeah, but, although we are still uh, set to get that remake with Dwayne Johnson. Uh, but let's not. Please don't. You shut your whore mouth. Let's let's you not. <laughs> Please let's, don't. Let's not. Like Jesus, that, and not with the Rock of all people, because he won't look. Yeah. Not, he won't not look cool. He refuses to. Yeah. I although, know. although, see, see, the thing is, it, 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 we know his contract won't let him look like an idiot, and that's exactly. the only thing that I would want is to watch like the tooth fairy version of Dwayne Johnson exactly. in, in, a, in a movie like this. He yes. can't let himself be the butt of the joke. And that's the point of the movie. He is a joke. Yes. Jack Burton's a moron. Otherwise, it's like, well, I did hear, do it. Although I did hear recently that apparently James Wan and Patrick Wilson from the, uh, is it the, the Conjuring movies or the, the Insidious yeah. movies? Conjuring. Yeah. Conjuring. They were talking Honestly, about both, doing actually. a remake he of both. this. They were discussing doing a remake and I was like, I could see them doing it. I could see Patrick Wilson as a modern Jack Burton. I could totally yeah. see that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He He'd be off. so fun. Yeah. He, he fun. when he gets his when he gets his like comedy lead roles, he's good at them. He did one called Stretch. Stretch. Uh, huh? Like it's it, it was like way under the radar. I think like Redbox action comedy movie. Um kind yeah. of um it was good. It was, and he he was the lead in it. Uh, but it was it, he was funny. Like he can actually be huh. really funny. And so I could definitely see him doing a Jack Burton kind of role. I'm kind of surprised that a Redbox movie actually turned out good. That's kind of shocking <laughs> to me. <laughs> it, it was one of those like perfect situations where the I, I think it, somebody just had a small budget and was able to run with it and get the movie they wanted out of it. Um, oh, I appreciate it, that. It kind of feels like it. It kind of feels like it's in the same vein as. Um, uh, what was that Ryan Reynolds movie where he's uh, against all the assassins? Uh, uh, Hitman's Bodyguard? <laughs> no. Damn, <laughs> he's done it twice. That <laughs> yeah. bastard. Well, see, cause I figured that's what you were talking about, but that is another one where he did that. <laughs> uh, Hitman's Bodyguard's wife? <laughs> right? No, the, assassin, the Assassin's Ball one. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's whatever. We're th This show, we really get to go deep in the paint. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you guys rewatch this movie recently, like for this episode? Did, did anything Fuck yes, new? I did. Yeah. Fuck Hell yes, no. I Jump did. Jump in any opportunity to rewatch this. Like, I love this fucking movie. Dude, I've got it's so I've got this on Blu-ray. This is like it's on a Shout Factory Blu-ray, and if you listen to the audio commentary with Carpenter and Kurt Russell, they're just like shouting and laughing at the movie and just talking about their kids. They barely talk <laughs> about the movie. It's because it's like, what is there to talk about? Yeah, it's funny. It's a joke. Let's just laugh at it. It's funny. Like it's it's great. Yeah, if you get this on Blu-ray, there's so much stuff on it. The Shout Factory Blu-ray is is a masterpiece. Get it? Yes. Like it's you're gonna have a great time. Watch this drunk with friends. Watch this with people. Yeah. Like this is the kind of um, this is the kind of one you want. Uh, the kind of one you want to do with friends. Like you want to do this one alone. I and, mean, it's great. It's great, drunk or sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly, because it's again, it's very satirical. It's very like um, like again, it's taking what you would think would be a white savior story and making sure it's the complete opposite of that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of humor out of it. Well, there's also the slight inspirations from uh, 
Han Solo character from Star Wars. The original Star Wars where he's chasing after the stormtroopers, then rounds the corner, and they're all standing there waiting for him. Oh, yeah. That yeah. literally happens in this. It's like, yeah, he opens right, the one, door. two, three. <laughs> we might I be know. trapped. <laughs> it's the same scene. <laughs> he opens the door, and he closes. He's like, nope, not doing that. Um, <laughs> we might be trapped. <laughs> now, did you guys know that um, Dennis Dunn actually did not do martial arts before this? He had never done martial arts before he... Uh, and he, uh, Wang, let's play Wang. Yeah. And he never did martial arts before he started this movie. Is he, like, from Ohio or something? Like, he always plays these Asian characters. He's, like, from Ohio um, or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I think he's, like, he's born American. He's, like, just the country guy. Like, just, well, yeah. He kills it. I he love just, that. He absolutely kills it. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once wouldn't exist without this yes, movie. Yes, that's actually a great point. Oh, my God. Yeah, the main character's name is Wang. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> well, they're both both the name. <laughs> there <is> you go. <laughs> so, so I found a big trouble in Little China drinking game. <laughs> what might that be? Oh, what is it? All right. So, so for uh, just for sips, uh, anytime Jack Burton, Chinatown, or Green Eyes is said out loud, oh, you have to a lot sip. Of that. There's a lot oh, of Jesus that. You're Christ. never gonna make it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to sip if Jack gets into his truck or if magic is used. Okay. Uh, if someone appears on screen with a silly hat. Oh my god. If Jack if Jack if Jack asks Wang a question. <laughs> if Wang translates something or if someone gives the Buddha finger salute. And oh, then yeah, there's a finish your there's two finish your drink options. Uh, finish your drink whenever Meow is kidnapped. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it happens like three You're times, right? Die. Yeah, it does. You're never gonna make it through here, actually. <laughs> and and then finish your drink if a man pops like a balloon. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so strange that that happens more than once. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. What? What a movie. Why does that happen at the end of the movie where the guy gets so pissed off that he explodes? It's, it's a fever dream of a movie. And it's actually my favorite John Carpenter. Oh, movie. God, yeah. It's, I'm, I, actually, it's between yeah. this and the thing is my favorite. It just depends on what day, you know? Right. No, I feel you. Yeah. I I would say The Thing is still Carpenter's best movie, but this is his most yes, fun. Yes, by far. This is his most just like, just hang out with friends and have fun. Like, The Thing is like, you got to be in the mood to watch yeah. that. I, I can't just throw that on. It's too and depressing. But this is just like, oh, throw this on. Yeah. You'll have a good time. Yeah. Oh, and honestly, you guys weren't too far off um, what you were saying about uh, the studio mandating that there be a, an American lead. Because that's exactly what happened. I'm not sure if that's why he cast yep. Kurt Russell. I'm sure it is, though. It makes perfect sense knowing John Carpenter and how he feels about the stu- studio oh, yeah. business. He's like, fuck y'all. <laughs> Well, this this is this is movie number three with him. There was there was um, uh, there was Escape from New York. There was the thing, and then there was this. Also, technically, it's four because uh, Carpenter did an Elvis movie back in the seventies. I've never seen it, but he Kurt Russell played Elvis. Really? <gasps> yeah, huh. and also one of Kurt Russell's first scenes as an actor in anything. He's in an Elvis movie and literally kicked Elvis Presley in the show. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds that sounds unbreakable. That was one of his first roles. He was a child actor. Kurt Russell was a child actor. He's been doing That's this since right. he was a kid. I did not know that. Wait, wait, no, I think I did see him on something as like a child. Uh, I gotta, I gotta see, mm-hmm. I gotta see what it was. Uh, that's interesting. And also, did you guys know that um, 
the credited writers on this movie aren't really the people who wrote it. They had the, it came up with like the initial idea, like they should have gotten a story by, but um, it was actually initially supposed to be set in the, it's supposed to be a Wild West kind of thing where. Yeah, it was supposed to be a yeah, Western. Couldn't yeah, afford where, it. Yeah, um, where all these kind of different elements would combine, would kind of uh, combine in um, uh, Jack, uh, Jack Burton was supposed to be a cowboy that rode in the town. That was the initial pitch. Yeah, but I, th- I believe it was the studios wanted it in modern day, and the writers couldn't. They couldn't like find a, uh, you know, a balance there, and so they actually picked somebody else up to rewrite it. And you want to know who they got? It's actually a very famous uh, script doctor. Oh, the person who directed the Adventure of the Buckaroo Banzai, W. D. Richter. No yep, way! I did not know that. He wrote it. Um, and you know, this is also the dude who. Um, wait, what did he do with? Uh, uh, invasion of the body snatchers he wrote it or this this does have some buckaroo bonsai feel it. to it too but yeah like, yeah. like you just getting like perfect <laughs> it's like you're getting dropped into like the third movie that's really mm-hmm. like what it feel the way they just roll right into the how characters know each other everything that's going on it's like what did i miss like big trouble in little italy like was there a right? previous adventure <laughs> that i'm not Missing aware of a prequel here. <laughs> i love that feeling though because that that uh gives you that like you're just racing to catch up and then every time mm-hmm. you feel like you're getting what the movie is it goes ah actually there's a sewer monster um actually exactly. <laughs> we're gonna turn into scooby-doo for a minute and an arm is gonna reach out of a secret passage and kidnap some you <laughs> know like you. Mm-hmm. snatch you up <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah i love it i i love that every time you think you can outthink the movie it goes you're wrong you're just so wrong and honestly it's great it's mm-hmm. great because it, it kind of puts you at the mercy of the movie where you're just like just tell me tell me more please <laughs> like you want to know more <laughs> And so you keep watching it like you're you're entranced trying to figure it out, especially with the the uh, production design. There's so much going on, so much you can like like infer and like uh, pay attention to in the backgrounds and then the, um all the rooms they're in and the uh, buildings. It's like there's a whole underworld here, like a whole underground in Chinatown. People yeah. just don't know about, but it feels like a whole planet, you know? Right. Yeah. the ge- The geography doesn't make a lick of sense, <laughs> no. but the rest of the movie <laughs> no. doesn't get make a lick of sense. Who the right. hell gives a shit? Yeah, we're not here Who for cares? that. We're not here for that. <laughs> yeah. If there was any negative I could level at this movie, Kim Cattrall, not the best actress. She's fine. She's mm-hmm. okay. She, you know, does job just fine. I would have seen. Oh God, who who would I have seen in this? Uh, who was popular at the time oh in the eighties? I could have. Farrah Fawcett. Um, Isn't she green-eyed? Um, Farrah Fawcett. Uh, I think she was. I don't remember. Maybe her? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see her. Um, like, um, eh. Catwoman does not have, did not have green No, I got it, 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 I got it. Goldie Hawn. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just get Kurt Russell's wife. Just, just, just do it. Goldie Give, <laughs> give them a reason to scream at each other on screen. I love it. Oh, okay. yeah. Aren't they still not married? Aren't they, don't they just like live together, but they're not legally married or something like that? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, w- I wish I was so old and successful that that's what my life was. Just eh, we, we can get divorced, but I'm not leaving the goddamn house. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That You're old. That's fair. Like, you shouldn't have to. You should not have to. <laughs> yeah, no, she is just. It's, it's basically like. Uh, like the grandparents of Willy Wonka, you know, they just all went, you know what? Same bed. Let's do it. <laughs> no need to move. <laughs> and only when Charlie does something really successful, then I get out of bed. Oh, okay. and tap right. dates. Like I thought you had bed sores or <laughs> like, 
<laughs> You're a liar, <laughs> <Right>? Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Roald, Roald Dahl was a goddamn capitalist, so. Ah, I see. Oh, Roald Dahl was an asshole, apparently. <laughs> didn't know that. Same with Dr. Seuss. I did Ooh, know that. What a piece I of shit. I did know that one, yes. Oh, dude, Roald Dahl, you could do a movie about the man's life. He used to fuck American politicians' wives to get state secrets. Oh, my God. For the, <laughs> oh, yeah. For the UK. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't he friends with Christopher Lee or something like that? Oh, and not, was... not only friends, but the two of them are the reason that James Bond exists. They yes. wrote James yep. Bond around their that's, lives. Yes, that's right. That's so cool. Ian Fleming was related to Christopher Lee. I think it was like cousins, and then he inspired. He was inspired to write James Bond based on his cousin Christopher Lee's Which life. Which is yeah. so insane that Christopher Lee is both James Bond and Count Dooku in a way. He he took a lot of secrets with him to his grave because uh, he and. Um, uh, Sean Aston would go out and get drinks while they were in the production on Lord of the Rings, and he would just tell him his life story and stuff like that. And Aston would ask him stuff about World War II, and he said, "Yeah, I, I can't talk about that." Mm. <laughs> there was a lot of secret missions he was on that he still never talked about, and he took them to his grave. There's a stuff that's buried in history and will never be known. That's pretty crazy. What a fucking badass! What a legend, yeah, for real. Uh, that's a that's a legend, right? There. Rest in peace, goat. Oh, yeah. Anyways, big trouble in Little China. Big trouble in Little China. Yeah, what a what a what a blessed little movie. I really enjoyed yes. the heck out of it. I this. kept encouraging you to watch this, and you kept being like, "No." And I wish no, they did no. not describe we, it as um, racist diehard because it's neither racist nor is it diehard. Yeah, right. So the people that are the people that are, are pissed off about this movie is typically are very very easily just pissed off by just looking at a like if you looked at a photo of this movie yes you would say oh that looks like a racist image but when you don't put <laughs> context in it it's like you know like kurt russell somehow beats low pan at the end of the movie by the way james hong is in this movie amazing finally got a star of the walk of fame yes. also in everything everywhere all yes. at once james hong. I'm like, glad dude dude that. just showing back up to the he already knew he's like yeah i made this movie yeah. years ago guys we're good right <laughs> yeah Does, doesn't he have the record doesn't he have the record for appearing in the most movies or I something mean, like that? Look, or is that Christopher Lee? I think that's Christopher Lee, actually. I think it... Um, hold on, let's see. Let me research real quick. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like, if you looked at that scene, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, the white guy, of course, beats the Asian guy. But it's like, the white guy wins because of complete fucking luck. Yes, the white, right. the, uh, the, he wins because, it's a, because of a joke. <laughs> Yeah, he wins because because of a joke that paid off from earlier on. That's yeah, it. That's <laughs> this this truly is the himbo blueprint. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that. I yeah, he's like a, a perfect example. Of this is Chris Hemsworth Thor. This is just Chris Hemsworth Thor without the hammer. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> See, I, I'd watch him. I'd, I'd watch him in a big trouble. Movie. Yeah, no, as long Hemsworth as like hilarious. it's still under, as as long as it's still understood that like this, we're watching the side character. If you're watching this for Kurt Russell. Like you are straight up watching the he's the muscle like he's the muscle of the team like he is the big yeah. brute guy to go along on the journey and we're just watching it along his angle um, but like otherwise he is the side character fitting into this thing and and if that's not in your remake you fucked up exactly you cannot yeah center your movie around the main character yeah that's yeah not how this goes. although there are there are uh, there are comic book sequels to this story. Hmm. Um, I've read the first volume. It's good. Um, actually, the the little creature that crawls out of the the bed of his truck at the end uh -huh. of the movie, he becomes friends with. Oh, him. really? <laughs> <laughs> and they go off on a little adventure together. And then there was also a crossover between 
Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York oh, and wow. Snake and Burton are teaming up together. <laughs> That's Get it? so funny. I would eat that up. Yeah, that up. <laughs> it's great. That one was great. It's a they, there's like and Lopan does return. It's yeah, it's kind of like the Dude, same story. I bet if you had a copy of that signed by Kurt Russell on the page with like two Kurt Russells, that would be worth it. <laughs> okay. Could you sign on this character and sign on this character? Right. Wow, that'd actually be really funny. <laughs> that's got to be gold. That, that, yeah, that's a side mission for somebody out there. I don't, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you, this is your assignment. Uh, somebody, you right? Somebody just got triggered. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> the Holy Grail does exist, <laughs> right? Mm. It could in this movie, honestly. Like, yeah. the Holy, the kitchen sink is the only thing missing. I love that Carpenter really made just the the biggest movie movie right yeah exactly. yeah like he was really going all out back in the 80s he was pushing and trying to just find that thing that an audience wanted and this is the stuff that he loved when he was a kid but just audiences just didn't want it at the yeah time. It, I mean, it was ahead they of his didn't time. want it, it like this yeah he had a few like big financial hits like you know halloween was a big mm-hmm. hit um, you know, I think Christine did pretty well, but it was just he just really struggled. And then the nineties comes around and his career starts to tank, and then it peters out with Ghosts of Mars, and then he did one more movie called The Ward, which was like fine. Yeah, but it was I just, all right. I just have it was all right. I have a hard time buying that Amber Heard would be a raping psychopath. Oh. I have a hard time buying that. Wow. Sorry, guys. It's very, very difficult to cast appropriately for that role. Um but yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, I did not know. I did not watch that movie. Didn't know that that was in the movie, so I can avoid that. I will say, yep. I, did not, I don't think Ghost of Mars was that bad. I do, I do recognize it's not a great movie, but I at least had fun with it. We covered it in uh, the first episode of uh, season eight of Film Rescue. Oh, it was yeah. really? <laughs> maybe I just have a soft spot for Ice Cube, but I had a, uh, I had a good time with it. You know, oh, I get God. that. I do get that. Yeah, but um. Uh, Desolation Jones. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing about this movie is that it, while it feels like a John Carpenter movie, which most John Carpenter movies aren't very big, it makes it feel a lot bigger than it is. Like he still keeps that like that tight aspect ratio. He still keeps his shots like relatively like <clears throat> um, static, but it's it feels massive. I, I think it's a lot of it is the dedication of the the actors and the um the direction and um. The, yeah, because um, everybody knows exactly what they were getting into. Everybody knows what kind of movie they're making, and uh, the choreography was fantastic. So that's probably what makes it feel so grand. Because like that street battle at the beginning was amazing. Yeah, it's the most action oriented of all of his films. It feels the most active because he typically he'll kind of let the scene sort of play out in the camera and just kind of like you're sort of an observer. Right. This one, you're like you're in the middle mm-hmm. of the fight, like that first fight between the two gangs in the alleyway. <laughs> yes, so it massive. Really is. Dude. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like that big street yeah. battle is just so yeah. interesting, and like it's. I think it does some really interesting yeah. things with the sound design too. It feels like it's just they're everywhere. You know, you really feel in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And then Raiden from Mortal yeah. Kombat shows up, and everything yeah. goes to hell. Yep, <laughs> it's literally just Raiden. <laughs> Told you, it's it's that's it's the what do you what do you think inspired? Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. like Big Trouble <laughs> Little China, like this and Enter the Dragon. Like it's just it's there's so many things this influence. Yeah. This is a staple of pop it's culture. It's really a shame. Even if you don't realize it. It yeah. fe- it feels like there's so many mythologies in it too. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different 
kinds of like you have like street level gang stuff and then creatures and monsters and then magic and and like uh, trapped ascended demons and, yeah and none of this none of this looks like anything else yeah either. there's no like ip bleed i think back at this time like this doesn't look like mac and me it doesn't look like et like this all looks original to this movie yes and that i think that's what's so exciting is like it's weird to see something so original i think we get really trapped in wanting to reference other cool things that that this movie is going out of its way to be like ah we're referencing something it it just looks awesome yeah. though doesn't it honestly like the closest thing reference i could get was like i'm kind of like those adventure serials back in the day like it has that tone but it's not really like anything any of them i've ever seen you know a floating mass of flesh with eyeballs yeah like you know like <laughs> you don't see that kind of stuff man <laughs> The lightning thunder god <laughs> and rain gods, excuse me. It's like who right. Like who 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 thought of that? You know? It's just really cool. Well, Carpenter, clearly. Right. Yeah. No, just what a what a rich mythology to to build out for just one movie. Yeah. You know? And I know he did a lot. He was Yeah. Sorry, he, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the movie even has its own theme song at the very end oh, of the yeah. credits. Right? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh by John Carpenter's old rock band, the Coupe de Vils. I don't think, I don't think they're together anymore, but uh, yeah, that was a song they made just for the movie. <laughs> I like, love that. Isn't John Carpenter primarily still making music? Like, I know he's not direct. Okay, yes. So. Yeah, he's he does music and he'll produce things when he's asked, and he does a lot of. Uh, he has a a uh, a comic book production company called Storm King uh, that he and his wife Sandy. Ooh. That's so, so cool. Actually, yeah, he doesn't do a lot of interviews or anything these days. He mainly just kind of chills out, you know, makes music, hangs out with his kids, smokes cigarettes, and drinks. He's he's kind of he's settled into retirement. He doesn't even interview. He doesn't do interviews. His wife handles everything. Um, Good rest, King. So yeah, he lives a private life now. It's okay. (laughs) You've done more than enough. Well, he just he just got tired. He got tired of the business. He got tired of the bullshit. So yeah, understandable. And what a what a run at it he had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What across like f- four decades? Yeah, he's had to deal with a lot yeah. of crap. Yeah, and I just hate that he's not as like renowned. Or I mean, I, I wouldn't even say as renowned as like widely known as um people like uh, uh Spielberg and Lucas. But he was you know putting out amazing work right around then, right around that era too. Yeah, I mean his stuff is influential. Yeah. Stuff is. His stuff is more widely remembered than like some of Spielberg's stuff from the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like and they also got cult status. So, you know, you know? all his all his movies took on cult right. status. A lot of people's yeah. Spielberg starts with Jurassic Park. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, especially now. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. Even if, even if that, there's a, sometimes they're starting with a different Jurassic Park. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not that's not the way you can tell that Carpenter still has like is still influential in the business. Almost all of his stuff has been remade. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like, the mojo. You know, Salt on Precinct 13. Yeah. Thing. Uh, Halloween's been remade to death. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Escape, Escape from New York. They're trying to do a remake of that. It's like, what's the point of that one? It's just, you know, and they're talking yeah, about remaking. Not gonna get it. They're talking about remaking this. And I'm like, what's the point? Like, what, what could you add to this movie to make it appropriate for modern day? And the funny thing is, you could do Big Trouble in Little China, just not Big Trouble in Little China. Like, just do something in that vein, a silly action-adventure in a specific location with great set design. You can do that. It doesn't stop you. 
You just, yeah. He doesn't have to be Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, you don't have to do this story. Like, what? I, I, I don't understand remaking this a good movie, but just didn't make money. Like, what? The only reason to remake it is to make money. Well, and and it yeah. it made money across its life, like its Blu-ray life. Uh, oh yeah, has been like oh, at, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it made it made a it made profit eventually with a cult status, but when it got released to theaters, it bombed. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this didn't. It, yeah. The theatrical run was not good for this movie. <laughs> no, it was not good. It's just I just don't see the point. Like the only you know? time you really should remake a movie is if it you know there's something you can improve on with modern technology. You know, but or if it's a bad movie and you're trying to make it good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But this is neither of those things. If it's neither of those criteria, just make a fun movie. And you know, you you can try to make a clone. That's what Joker is. It's just Taxi Driver and uh, um, uh, King of Comedy. Right. Just call Joker. Just slap a different title on it. You know, (laughs) yeah, you can. And then you and then you actively deny in interviews that you've ever even seen Taxi Driver. Sure, like, Todd. Shut up, Todd. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Todd. Everyone has seen Taxi Driver. Of fuck right? off. God damn and it. You literally you ripped gonna... off. You ripped off shots, dude. Yes. Fuck off. I was about to say, you're going you're gonna, to uh, take straight shots from Taxi Driver and say you've never seen it? I'd have a no. lot more respect if you're like, yeah, I, it inspired me. It, you know who say that? You know, you know who hasn't seen Taxi Driver? Blind people. There. Right? There you go. <laughs> Because like it's no who hasn't seen Taxi Driver, right? No, I I didn't. I know he said that actually. (laughs) He he did. uh, You know, maybe it's cultural osmosis. Maybe it's just gotten through to him like that. Uh, I I see. He just knows of Taxi Driver, right? Oh, (laughs) so that's just so that's how he had the scene with Zazie Beetz sitting in the hallway, put the putting her finger guns to her head and blowing her brains out, just like in Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, it was cultural osmosis, (laughs) right? We That's swear to God, we didn't rip this off. He's parallel thinking with Scorsese, you know. <laughs> I never, are never are you comparing Todd Todd Phillips to Scorsese? Not I mean, seriously. Peer, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> They're peers. You don't think they can come up with similar ideas? Parallel thinking is a thing. Come on now. That's what I'm <laughs> no, I don't think they can come up with the same ideas because one of them is actually extraordinarily talented. The other one is Todd Phillips. Well, and like what? To, so to to answer the question more directly, remaking this today, nobody's asking for straightforward save the woman from the bad situation through a series of action beats. Like that's that's kind of been turned into direct to DVD, like shoved off onto streaming, uh, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the depths. Those kinds of it's stories. Steven Seagal movies. Let's see, I was yeah. just about to say, I just about to say, Steven Seagal. It used to be Bruce Willis movies, and and nobody's putting them into theaters. And and if the only spin is, oh, it's also fantasy Asian flavored, you know, it's Hong Kong cinema. Um, you might have a group for that, but like. I think we demand that movies say things now. And what do you say with a property like this other than like, I would like to see a lot of really hungry filmmakers have at it and just have a really good time. Um, But no one wants to waste their money like that. You know what I mean? Uh, Damien Chazelle's uh, big trouble in little China, (laughs) you know, just, Oh God, please no. (laughs) And I do like Damien Chazelle, but that's not the person for this. James Wan would do this justice. He would do very well with this. Yeah, I can see him doing it. So, yeah. so what yeah. what do you say with a property like this now? A fantasy action horror sci fi. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jack Burton is even more of an idiot and doesn't do anything else. <laughs> That's all. This really could be is just a celebration of of Asian culture. You know, that's the only thing it really 
could be with a story like this. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Big Trouble in Little China. I'd like to see the. I'd like to. I'd like to see the Western where like it's a it's a group yeah. of uh, rail railroad workers, you know, and Jack Burton does show up like a you know um, a cowboy, and then it and then has all of the fantasy Hong Kong elements on top of it, you know, with the the weird world underground, and you know, uh, you, you could then oppose it with like maybe like advanced technology versus the the steam locomotive stuff up. <laughs> on the top world like you could I, i'd like to mm. whenever there's like a, a pitched version that doesn't happen that's the one i'd like to see if you're gonna go back and remake anything it's like do you know the do the 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 version that didn't get a chance to exist sometimes as we find that ends up being great like with prey that's the version yes, everyone was pitching exactly. for so long and it's like yeah we've been pitching it for a reason it's fucking good <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise it was fucking good <laughs> like, yeah Sadly, we're not going to get another Predator for a while, unfortunately. That sucks. Yeah, rights issues. That's all it is, rights issues. Disney And they they have an AVP anime, side to side. They have an AVP anime that Disney's holding They fucking buried it because it's Disney. I saw that. Dude, there's some criminal stuff happening with streaming right now. I don't know. Uh, I I know it has to do with the writer's strike, but there's some... Like criminal side eye to the shit happening on Max, to to these projects getting buried, to uh, scripts disappearing. Um, like this shit's weird. Yeah, it's what happens what... when you plan to let AI run the business. Yeah, like especially an arts business. This is an art. <laughs> this is a business about an art form. And y'all are yeah. Trying to could an it, AI uh, pro- could an AI program have written Big Trouble in Little China? Absolutely not. Maybe uh, if you yeah. a big trouble in Little China, then maybe it spit out something, you know, an abomination of it. But on its own, original, pure inspiration, that's not. Yeah. Well, that's and, that's not the computer sports. And where does this? Where does the seed for this movie exist? If not in the amalgamation of all the things in John Carpenter's head, that's the only place mm-hmm. that that like storm of creativity. We just watched Guardians of the Galaxy three, and I love that whole movie is yes. all about genuine inspiration, right? The, mm-hmm. This can only be derived of genuine inspiration because it's just grabbing flavors from all these other things that taste good to a to a mentally yeah. active brain. And I, AI, yeah. if you if you put input, <clears throat> hey, give me a really really good movie. It's not going to go to uh, Asian cinema mixed with um, you know action fantasy beats mixed with lifelike puppets and it's it's not going to know to go there it's just gonna it's gonna tell a good story and then let you flesh it out from there and and this yeah this only exists in the in the paintbrush of flavors that carpenter's painting with here yeah i had a yeah there's a there's a lot of protests happening outside of um uh wga and such right now in studios because of all the things that are happening with uh the strike happening at the moment uh i had an idea for a sign that i could that i would post if if i was going to one of the protests unfortunately i'm just i've just been busy lately uh my sign would have said ai could never have written guardians 3 but ai could have definitely written the snyder verse know the difference (laughs) yeah right (laughs) right like and that's that's the thing if you uh boil it down to numbers and statistics then you're just gonna look at the most popular stuff and be like okay that's what's good and well yeah some of that stuff is good it's different flavors of good different kinds of good right you won't find any create anything unique if you're just trying to copy what's 
good, you know? What's statistically yeah. is, or, uh, accepted by the most amount of people. Like We talked about this a bit on uh, the Matrix Revolutions episode. We said that AI only receives inputs. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't create anything. It only spits out things that are input back that are input into it so you're not getting anything new you're just getting like reworked or remixed versions of things that you've already seen so an ai creating a film or a tv show just like oh we're going to create a new show it's going to be done all with ai so we can pump out scripts left and right you're going to get these weird kind of like misshapen mongoloid things that have no identity of their own yeah yeah well and like use this movie as an example um, if if you assign this task to an AI, it's not going to know how to make a decision like John Carpenter can around a genre tonal shift. No AI is going to mm-hmm. spit out something with a purposeful genre tonal shift. From Dusk Till Dawn exactly. is a great example. No computer yes. program is ever going to spit out, hey, and then it turns into a vampire movie, but we're cool with that. Like that's not yeah a, a computer program because there's no formula for it. It's only something that can be like from the point of genuine inspiration. Someone going, no, this feels like the right thing to do next, mm-hmm. even though it's not plodding along. Like we're gonna get a lot of formula scripts that plot along right. and do exactly the same things, which isn't any different from what Redbox is doing right now. Like the AI thing is already here. They're just making people do it that way and they're taking the people out of it at this point. Like that we've always had yeah. these like junk uh movies that can't be a big trouble in Little China because it can't know, hey, the best thing to interrupt your gang fight with that is sur- like grounding your movie right now is Raiden dropping down out of the sky. Yeah, exactly. there's a there's <laughs> yeah. a line in the Robert Altman film The Player, which I really love. Uh, Tim Robbins, they're talking about like scripts and stuff like that. They're talking about different actors and stuff. And Tim Robbins, I think he says, you know, maybe we maybe at some point we could just get rid of all these actors, then we really be on to something. <laughs> like talking about having to not pay, having having to not pay the actors and shit. That's hilarious. And there's there's a movie there's a movie that came out a few years ago uh, with Robin Wright called The Congress. Where it's a, it was ahead of its time. It's not a great movie. It's okay. It's got good stuff in it. But basically, she sells her likeness to a studio so they can use her appearance all over the place in computer-generated movies. Mm-hmm. It's that's literally what we have now. Yeah, like it's yeah. just an AI program just making movies using other people's appearance. Yeah, I mean they did that with the Final Fantasy movie, uh, Spirits Within. Well, that's different because those are not like based on like actual people. Like those are not that's realistic. But these that that's not? not like they literally just copy her appearance, like shot for shot. It's like it's a uh, Grand Moff Tarkin from Rogue One. Yeah, it's shit like that. It's it's that kind of thing where you're just like resurrecting dead actors and shoving them into a movie. Well, yeah, it, against it, their will because it's it's Grand Moff yeah. Tarkin appearing in Hangover Four. Yeah, exactly. You can just do that <laughs> stuff. Something that these actors would have never done. Right in real life. But I thought yeah. they like made a whole new di- digital like actor for that movie for um <clears throat> the Final Fantasy movie. Like I thought there was a maybe it wasn't based off a person, but I'm pretty sure they like premiered it as like a hey, this is gonna be a new like digital actor who are gonna be in different you know different movies. Oh yeah, like, see if they're, oh, yeah, if, they're Ross. if they're animated, yeah. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah, in- invent animated yeah. actors to fill the yeah, yeah I, I, I as long. As long as it's not a human being literally just selling their appearance and they shove them into like a Coca-Cola commercial, I'm fine. <laughs> right. 
That's right. really the thing. It's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, just using a person's appearance and just shoving them into something else. Like, imagine if, like, I don't know, if fucking Iron Man shows up in the remake of Big Trouble in Little China because, hey, we have the rights to Iron Man. Right. It's like, it, right. It's, it, it's shit like that that I'm talking about. That's a massive problem. And it's kind of you know? scary that things that seem to be, like, they could go that way, like, in a dystopian future. Did you, <laughs> like, what, look at, dude. What's right. the, how are we gonna? How are you supposed to stop it? What are we, what are we supposed to do? Like protest? Like I'm, I, I, I stand with everybody that's protesting right now. But at the end of the day, these studios are gonna do it no matter what. Because what are you gonna not go to the movies? Right. Yeah, I mean, once, you know, that's the thing. Did you guys you know? see somebody cut together a uh, a scene from Ready Player One that the final battle scene on the mountain where all the IPs are fucking? Um, Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! They recut. Oh, they recut that whole scene, shot for shot, almost in Fortnite. Because oh my God, see, and that's what I was thinking. Oh. Because Fortnite has all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. Only Fortnite <sighs> you can get Master Chief and and Deku and you know fight each other with lightsabers. <laughs> and with lightsabers, right? Just <laughs> only in Fortnite would you have a movie announcement. A literal ca- in canon movie uh, events uh, for Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> uh, Are you kidding? Me? Like you mean I have to play Fortnite to understand what happened uh, in uh, fucking Star Wars the movie? Get for out those of that here, don't bro. know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our Rise of Skywalker episode. That, <laughs> that's a threat. <laughs> F- fuck you, J.J. Abrams. I-, I was at the gym a couple days ago, and I was on the treadmill just getting in my early warm up. And Space Jam, a new legacy, was playing on the TV. I wanted to fucking yeah. throw shit at the screen and leave. <laughs> I was like, you know what, you assholes. That that this this IP fucking that's happening right now really pisses me off because it's it there's no creativity. Yeah. The, like, you it, can do it, a it lot is, these are it. these are creatively bankrupt films. Yeah. If it wasn't so cynical and they weren't just trying to make money, there is a lot you could do with stuff like that, but that's the thing. They don't understand yeah. that. They're just trying to make money. Mm. Yeah, the, I mean, now, now that's... Uh, you might know what that looks like, right? Yeah, well, I, th- I don't think they're going to do anything else with Bugs Bunny because uh, <laughs> you know the thing, Seth. Oh, you know the God. thing about Why Bugs Why do you Bunny. like to remind me of that? <laughs> because it's my funniest thing I've ever heard. What, uh, what thing about Bugs Bunny? Uh, okay, so there's a, there's a little chan- channel on YouTube called Meat Canyon. You ever watched any of their stuff? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so uh, they had to remove a video from their channel called Wabbit Season. And in the episode, it's Elmer Fudd hunting Bugs Bunny. And it's drawn like those old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons. And then it Mm -hmm. cuts to a close-up of Bugs Bunny. And it turns out he's actually a serial rapist. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. And he's going to rape Elmer Fudd. Whoa. And... The point of the joke is that it's trying to state that what Bugs Bunny has done throughout the entirety of his existence is very akin to sexual assault. And so Warner Brothers, in order to get this video taken down because they were offended by it, filed a lawsuit against them or a cease and desist. And they, the only way they could get it taken down was by saying that that version that's in that video is too accurate to the original nice. material. Oh. So they inadvertently admitted that Bugs Bunny is actually a recovering rapist. Well, no, they didn't oh inadvertently. They oh. had to add it legally to their case. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> what the fuck? 
Warner Brothers, that's a prime example of continuously trying to fix something until it's broke. This is yeah. this is why Let's leave it. this is why these And for those that want to see that video, go to YouTube and look up Wabbit Season. You'll get a real good laugh and then you'll feel like you want to puke afterwards. <laughs> see, this this is why we need like young people liaisons to these big jobs. There need I, I if there had been yeah, a, really. if there had been a Vic or a Jesse or a Seth, when that decision was getting passed, hey, uh, final legal decision, <laughs> we're going to make Bugs Bunny a rapist because we don't like this guy's silly little YouTube video. And just to have that like, pass my, my, by our desk and go, hey, guys, this is a terrible decision. Like, you should my, just... My brother and Clarice, you should You should just <laughs> not talk about it and everyone will forget. Um, Literally leave it, okay? I just <laughs> it's just be like, haha, it's funny. Move on. Now you right. had to fucking point a light at it, dude. Yeah. And why? That part of your, you, that's literally stabbing yourself to like kill a fly. Like, what are you doing? And then and, like, <laughs> and here's the thing: they're choosing after that decision to put Bugs Bunny in kids' movies. That's a gen. That's no. a, that's an actual decision that this company is making. To hey, here's a new Space Jam with canonical rapist Bugs Bunny. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing with your decision making? You look Sorry, like idiots. Uh, but <laughs> idiots. the ironic the ironic part, that like five minute video has more creative value than all of Space Jam and do like a D- Dude, um, facts. I'm That's sure. the fucked part. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Be- because Meat Canyon actually pays his animators well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Yes. Uh, Jawbreaker is great too. If you haven't seen that, <laughs> oh boy. Oh god, that's editing. I'm assuming. Yes. 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 Part, no, part one is great. Part two is transformative. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I'm oh boy, we're um, it, it honestly we're way off well, topic. You, would, you say that, but then th- there's aspects of Big Trouble that are very Meat Canyon esque, and like he his, it, yes. his animation is very much based on the effects that were being used back at this time. He's our age, the 80s effects. Dude, Indiana Jones will forever be imprinted in my skull, the way the blood drains and the white drains. Like, yeah, dog. Like, yeah, for real. That's very Meat Candy-esque stuff. And I, I love that yeah. this whole movie's back-to-back, like front-to-back uh, effects. And Carpenter's so good at the these effects that it sells. Like, yeah. this doesn't look like a cheap little Hong Kong movie. This looks like At the all. big budget. Like, this guy's passing through walls and cracking electricity to show off. And, oh, my God, I love it. It honestly looks so insane for his time. First time. The fact that this came out in, when did this come out? Like 86, 87? The fact that this came out in the 80s and looks better than a lot of stuff that's come out in the 2000s. It's just, it yeah. just shows a lot. It just goes to show that. Uh, it's a lot it's skill you know <laughs> it, it's, it's better when it's practical in camera like the c yeah. and cgi should not stand for crutch <laughs> yes yes exactly use it to enhance not to be you know <laughs> bro the you know what's you know what's funny there's this and then there's the avatar movies uh which one's more entertaining guys oh my god <laughs> i'd watch this a hundred times over Exactly. <laughs> For one, because it's literally half the length, so you can fit in more and more viewings. Out there. Yeah, how do you, how do you get this God. much movie in ninety nine minutes? Yeah, it yeah. does not feel like it. It does not feel like it at all. Genuine inspiration. 
Yeah. It's like they cram so much into it, but it's not cramped, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's just a ride, <laughs> I guess. The, those Avatar movies, when I see the video visual effects of those, I'm like, just James, just make a video game. No one will that, care. Like, just make a video game, dude. His video that game studio would be insane. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, game. like, dude. Like, and, okay, you made CGI water. So what? I don't care. I'm not even noticing it. Right. <laughs> All the effort. That's for the nothing. point of CG. You're not supposed to notice it. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see it. Like, who cares? <laughs> I don't even care. The effect yeah, is how no. invisible the water is. <laughs> Right? Uh, <laughs> it's God. like, look, doesn't this look like real water? It's like, yeah, but I've, I've seen real water before. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, and then <laughs> Puss in Boots water. comes out. Puss in Boots comes out and it does critically better Ooh, than Avatar. I mean, dear fuck. <laughs> I mean, oh, that was the funniest shit. I would, I would argue oh Puss God, in Boots is more important than Avatar 2 yeah. anyways. I'll give I'll give yeah, Cameron so his first one. I'm not going to begrudge him that multi-billion dollar thing. I mean, this made over a billion dollars too, I believe. Oh, I bet. Yeah, eventually after money, time, but... after thirty years. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel much from anything. And I watched it, and I didn't even dislike it or anything. Like, competent, it's competently done, and actually, is quite exciting in a lot of points. Mm. But it's just something; it just doesn't stick with me, you know. Like nothing about it sticks beyond just while I'm sitting there. Are you talking about it. Avatar? Yes. Not, okay, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Big Trouble. I was like, no, wait no, a minute. No, 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 no. No, I'm talking about <laughs> Avatar 2. <laughs> if you were talking about Big Trouble, I'd be like, okay, Vic, leave. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you agree to do the show then? <laughs> Bro, why is your opinion no, changing no, here no, in the last minutes? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, like, movie. Just genuine creativity is what makes Big Trouble so goddamn good. It's just visually, it's, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's so visually colorful. It's yes, exciting. The action's great. It's like it's and uh, my favorite joke isn't even a joke. It's when Wang kills the guy flying at him in the end battle, <laughs> and he just mm-hmm. flies into the pyramid and just explodes for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why does it happen? I don't know, but it was funny. Finish your drink, right? <laughs> ah, shut that down. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, the physical comedy was actually pretty great, just at all aspects. Him, uh, Jack having a lipstick throughout the entirety of that that ending. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that he doesn't get together with Kim Charles Tr- at the end of the movie. He doesn't get yes. the girl, which is, you know, like yeah, he's the main character, studio mandate, but he doesn't get together with the girl. Wang does. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's his story. He's supposed to get together with. It's the girl. his story. Yeah, it's like exactly. but yeah, like the studio didn't tell him to go back and reshoot the ending to give to, to give. Uh, more closure with Kim Cattrall and Kurt Russell. I was like, I was very happy about that. Uh, apparently, yeah, that. apparently, there was a saying um, uh, at that time in filmmaking that the producers weren't watching past an hour in, anyways, because they would get drunk and and shit like w- during their producer meetings, and so they wouldn't uh, really be paying attention at that point. So people could do whatever they wanted in the last twenty minutes of their movie. It just would ca- yeah. kind of go out the window. That that actually makes sense because uh, a lot of like straight to video stuff, a lot of studios would filmmakers would pack the best stuff in the first fifteen to twenty minutes, and then when the studio execs would see it, they'd be like, they'd watch the first twenty minutes, and be like, yeah, it's fine, go ahead, release it. They wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> as long as people are in for the first twenty minutes, you've already got their money, so no one's exactly. gonna give a shit. As long as you recoup your budget, you're fine. Yeah. God, that that tracks so much for studios and stuff. How do you think so much junk ended up on the market? Like, my God. Still ends like, up he, on the market. Are you kidding me? Still ends up on the market. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like, you know, 
I can see the executive checking their stopwatch. Like, and we have their money. All right, we're good. <laughs> That's good enough. You can cut it here for all we care. <laughs> um, honestly, though, I would not mind a Big Trouble in Little China sequel that was a Jack Burton anthology series. <laughs> like, where say he just like goes to the Middle East <laughs> and like you know does a Prince of Persia there, <laughs> being Jack Burton and everything. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. Just, oh, so it's know. like kung. It's like kung fu. Yeah, wait, kung fu. There you go. In like the... Kung fu, the legend continues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 fooey. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, just traveling exactly, around. Exactly that. Just being an idiot <clears throat> and running into adventures and seeing interesting things, and you know, yeah, he doesn't affect the plot, but like he's watching it, and so are we. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would actually. Wasn't kung fu the legend continues also set in San Francisco? Oh, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I remember watching it years ago as a kid. I don't remember much about it. Huh. All I know is David Carradine was in it. That, that's that's <laughs> what a guy. Well, let's uh, let's bring this yeah. uh, episode to an end. We've had a great time chatting about Big Trouble in Little China. I think uh, all around the table, we all agree this is uh, absolutely one to check out. I I feel remiss at having not seen this until my thirties. Well. Mm-hmm. At least, at least you've seen it now, and honestly, having your reaction, having your initial reaction, is perfect. I love hearing that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, this this will be, will become a regular at uh, at movie watches and mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just it's so much fun to watch with a group. I, I think it's a it's a yeah. great movie for that. Yeah. You were watching you were watching it with Jess. What did she think? Uh, j- j- had a great time. Uh, Lexi was there too, and we, all three of us, uh, you know, just really kind of enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd be hard pressed to find somebody that didn't like this. <laughs> Yeah, even if it's not your cup of tea, like it's such a delightful movie. You're not gonna dislike it. Also, uh, the, yeah. it's not the kind of movie that you wrap anybody on the knuckles for, like checking their phone or something real quick. Like you can, you can, uh, you know, check in and out, and and you're always gonna be in a new fun little spot in the movie. It's I, I love it for that. Honestly, it barely makes sense paying attention, so like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. fine. The point is it to make sense. The point is to go in this adventure. So. I, I trust these characters to resolve it by the end. I think that's really what it comes no, down really. to. No, <laughs> really. Exactly. It's like, all right, let me just see what what next shenanigans they get themselves into. Right. Yeah. Well, go check out the comics. You'll see the uh, following adventures of Jack Burton. <laughs> I actually think I will do that. Yeah. I think they're all compiled into one big omnibus. There's, there's not many. It's only like three or four books. It's not oh, much. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Snake Plissken versus Dutch Schaefer. Sorry, I just read it up to my head, but I wanted to do it with that. <laughs> anyway. <but laughs> well, uh, we're going to end it here for, for this one. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, Jesse, Vic, thank you both for being here. Oh, of course. This was of course, fun. Of course. And Thanks th- for having me. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode of Two Whatever's Way Up. Thank you for listening, and good night. Good night. Good night.